Book Two, Chapter One of One of Ours. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tom Weiss. One of Ours by Willa Cather. Chapter One. Enid. One afternoon that spring, Claude was sitting on the long flight of granite steps that leads up to the State House in Denver. He had been looking at the collection of cliff-dweller remains in the capital, and when he came out into the sunlight the faint smell of fresh-cut grass struck his nostrils and persuaded him to linger. The gardeners were giving the grounds their first light mowing. All the lawns on the hill were bright with daffodils and hyacinths. A sweet, warm wind blew over the grass, drying the water-drops. There had been showers in the afternoon, and the sky was still a tender, rainy blue where it showed through the masses of swiftly moving clouds. Claude had been away from home for nearly a month. His father had sent him out to see Ralph and the new ranch, and from there he went on to Colorado Springs and Trinidad. He had enjoyed traveling, but now that he was back in Denver he had that feeling of loneliness which often overtakes country boys in a city, the feeling of being unrelated to anything of not mattering to anybody. He had wondered about Colorado Springs wishing he knew some of the people who were going in and out of the houses, wishing that he could talk to some of those pretty girls he saw driving their own cars about the streets, if only to say a few words. One morning when he was walking out in the hills a girl passed him, then slowed her car to ask if she could give him a lift. Claude would have said that she was just the sort who would never stop to pick him up, yet she did, and she talked to him pleasantly all the way back to town. It was only twenty minutes or so, but it was worth everything else that happened on his trip. When she asked him where she could put him down, he said at the antlers, and blushed so furiously that she must have known at once he wasn't staying there. He wondered this afternoon how many discouraged young men had sat here on the State House steps and watched the sun go down behind the mountains. Everyone was always saying it was a fine thing to be young, but it was a painful thing, too. He didn't believe older people were ever so wretched. Over there, in the golden light, the mass of mountains was splitting up into four distinct ranges, and as the sun dropped lower the peaks emerged in perspective, one behind the other. It was a lonely splendor that only made the ache in his breast the stronger. What was the matter with him? he asked himself entreatingly. He must answer that question before he went home again. The statue of Kit Carson on horseback down in the square pointed westward, but there was no west in that sense any more. There was still South America. Perhaps he could find something below the isthmus. Here the sky was like a lid shut down over the world his mother could see saints and martyrs behind it. Well, in time he would get over all this, he supposed. Even his father had been restless as a young man and had run away into a new country. It was a storm that died down at last, but what a pity not to do anything with it, a waste of power, for it was a kind of power. He sprang to his feet and stood frowning against the ruddy light, so deep in his struggling thoughts that he did not notice a man, mounting from the lower terraces, who stopped to look at him. The stranger scrutinized Claude with interest. He saw a young man standing bareheaded on the long flight of steps, his fists 
clenched in an attitude of arrested action. His sandy hair, his tanned face, his tense figure copper-colored in the oblique rays. Claude would have been astonished if he could have known how he seemed to this stranger. End of Book Two, Chapter One Recording by Tom Weiss